In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. A man in the crowd said to Jesus, Master, tell my brother to give me a share of our inheritance. My friend, he replied, who appointed me your judge or the arbitrator of your claims? Then he said to them, Watch and be on your guard against the avarice of any kind. For a man's life is not made secure by what he owns, even when he has more than he needs. Then he told them a parable. There was once a rich man who, having had a good harvest from his land, thought to himself, What am I to do? I have not enough room to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods in them. I will say to my soul, My soul, you have plenty of good things laid by for many years to come. Take things easy, eat, drink, have a good time. But God said to him, Fool! This very night the demand will be made for your soul, and this hoard of yours, whose will it be then? So it is when a man stores up treasure for himself in place of making himself rich in the sight of God. The Gospel of the Law Based on the law of primogenitor, the firstborn son would be the sole heir of his father's wealth. Other sons, including the petitioner in today's passage, could make no claim to their father's wealth. This explains his petition to the Lord because rabbis were often sought to settle family disputes. But given the law of primogenitor, there was no basis to this man's claim. He felt entitled to something which he had no right to. Our Lord's response can be confusing. First he asked the man, My friend, who appointed me your judge or arbitrator of your claims? Then he went on to tell a parable that sounded like the judgment the younger brother was looking for. Then he flipped the parable on his head, saying, So it is when a man stores up treasures for himself in place of making himself rich in the sight of God. What we see when we look at the context of this interruption and subsequent parable is that the Lord uses these things to continue to talk about authentic discipleship versus hypocrisy. Our Lord didn't answer the man's request by coming down on one side or another, judging between the brothers, but by putting the whole situation in a new light. In, ensis, in ens, essence, he asked, What does your life consist of? What does it really mean to be rich? These questions have to do with what it means to live a genuine life of conviction and love for God. Our Lord was and is interested in these deeper questions about life, and his parable provided the answer. One may immediately conclude that the point of the parable is that this rich man made the wrong decision in wanting to build bigger barns, to store his bumper crop of a harvest. But is this the reason? Was he being castigated by God in a dream on a night 
before he died because he had miscalculated? If indeed this was a wrong decision, what should he have done? In scriptures, the Israelites were commanded by God not to harvest the corners of their fields. Instead, they were to leave the crops at the corner of their fields for the needy and the strangers. In the same way, when they were reaping their harvest and they forgot a sheaf in the field, they were not to go back and get it. It was meant for the foreigner or the orphan or the widow, in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. God gave these commandments because he cared for the needy and the marginalized and has wanted his people to do the same. It is clear that the fictional rich man was not guilty of being rich or for making prudent financial management decisions. The sin of the rich man is not wealth. He was already rich. Nor was the sin of the rich man saving and storage. He already had barns. The sin of the rich man was a complete disregard for his neighbor, whom he was expected to share his blessings with. His sin was that he cared only for himself and not others. He had more than enough, and instead of holding this bountiful harvest, which was a gift from God, he should have shared it with the poor, but he didn't. You can see a parallel message in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And the view of God that comes out of this parable is not of an angry, vindictive judge, a God who hates to see us enjoying our moments of glory and happiness, fleeting though it may be, but a God who is a defender of the poor, the needy, the uncared for, and the stranger. If we have understood the parable, this question is much less about money than it is about the way we respond to God. To be rich in the sight of God is to respond by loving and desiring the things he loves and desires. And if God loves the weakest, the forgotten, the most undesirable, they too must be the object of our love and attention. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.